Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. If you're new to University of Adversity, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, Welcome back. Today's guest is the one and only Travis Fox. You guys don't know him. You will now. He's amazing. He's got so much energy, inspiring guy. I was grateful to, re- to reconnect with him, dive into his story, find out what he's up to now, and what is going on with this amazing Unify event coming up in March in Vegas. We'll get into that. Let me give you a quick rundown of Travis. For the last 25 years, Travis has been training and teaching his proprietary methodology of architecting sales, marketing, communication, branding, and corporate cultures for both private and public corporations. Utilizing his skills for personality profiling, effective listening, focus concentration, and rapport building, Travis's method has effectively helped improve corporations, entrepreneurs, and product messaging, guiding them to the heart of their message. Surrounded by doctors in psychology and clinical hypnotherapy, Travis brings his step-by-step method for entrepreneurs and corporations to lead from the bottom up. He's such an awesome guy, and anybody that knows him knows that he's just a powerhouse. And you guys will get the energy from this conversation. Super excited to hear, or to dive into Travis's story and share it with you guys. So. Sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Travis Fox coming right up. Travis Fox, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, man. Been a long time coming, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Long time coming. Congratulations yeah. on the success of the show. I've been watching for a while now. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, and I, uh, like we said in the, in, we were talking earlier, I, I wanted to get you on. I just kind of wanted to wait till later on when, you know, I was a little bit more established and then we could really bring the heat. So I love how everything kind of comes together at the right time and- Super excited, man. For everybody that, you know, obviously where we're at now and social media, people get to know you where you're at now, right? And, and a lot of people, you know, we don't really spend a lot of time on our backstory. So for all the people that do know you, maybe some of them don't even really know your backstory. So before we even get into all the amazing things you're up to right now with Architect of Being and Ace and Unify, I would love if you could maybe give us a little bit of a, a backstory about a young Travis Fox and what it was like for you growing up and kind of how you got to where you are today. Uh, well, you know, I, I just turned 49, so we could be here for a while, Lance. So I'll give you the short version of that, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, the, the simple version is, you know, I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, and within you know, a matter of you know, months, I was off to uh, Japan um, due to my mother and, and my father. Uh, my father being a fighter pilot, my mother being a model and actress. So I spent the first almost four years of my life in Japan. I uh, came back here for a short uh, stint, six months in Florida, and then was off to Germany. And then by the time I was about nine, we came back to the United States, California specifically. And so my, my upbringing became very unique from the perspective that um, being an American, but also growing up in foreign countries. So by the time I came back, I, you know, I, I spoke two other languages that most people in California didn't speak. Most obviously spoke Spanish. I was the only you know, idiot in the room who didn't speak Spanish. I spoke Japanese and German, uh, right. a little bit challenge. But for me, it gave me a very different perspective, which you know, at the time didn't make a lot of sense, was very challenging because I was always the new kid in school. And you know, in Japan, I was the Kaijing and you know, uh, in Europe, I was obviously clearly not German, um, even though I, I got to speak the language and I love both cultures. Both cultures have influenced me a lot to this day. Um, but it taught me a lot about how to adjust to people, which at the time kind of sucked. Because if you're a new kid in school, you're always the new kid. But it also taught me how to not take things personal. It taught me how to be in front of people. And ultimately being, you know, what my, what my career ended up being some, you know, 15 years later. Uh, but my father, when I was the age of five, had put a golf club in my hand. And I was natural at it. It just kind of was normal to me. I just didn't care. I just kind of hit the ball. I was very good at it. And, it was a way for my dad and I to kind of bond, but it was also a way for my dad to kind of, you know, live out his childhood dream, which is to be a professional golfer. It wasn't meant to be due to his career choice, but that's kind of how it started. And, you know, I kind of dedicated myself all the way through, you know, middle school and then uh, high school and during summers while my friends were off on summer vacation, I was out on, you know, the junior tours, you know, um, right. playing competitive golf, setting myself up for university. 
And uh, right around my senior year, um, you know, at the time I wasn't aware of it, my subconscious made an interesting choice and uh, my girlfriend and I got pregnant. Um, and that changes everything for anybody who's a, a young parent, you know, you, you have no idea what the hell you're doing. And I'm not sure that I have an idea now as a grandfather, but it, you know, at 17, I clearly had no clue, yeah. but what it did though, was a very interesting thing. And this is what architect starts to base its entire foundation on some, you know, 30 years later is that what you think is going on up here and what's really going on down here at your, your heart or your architect, your, your soul, whatever word you want to put on it, I call it architect are two generally very different things. And it's the alignment of those two things that I think most people seek to recall and ultimately align themselves with somewhere down the road. And for me, mine came, as probably most do, was through a traumatic event. My traumatic event was becoming pregnant, uh, changing that world, and then ultimately having the, you know, my, my child not be with me due to a, a plethora of events, uh, not by my choice. And I was heartbroken. I had no idea how to deal with it. I mean, I had no frame of reference, none. Um, you know, I'd experienced things as a kid, you know, mom and dad don't give you what you want. You, have, you know, your, your child, you know, we hold hands, we go steady kind of thing. But this was, I was really believed I was in love with this young lady. And next thing I know, she's gone. And I became a basket case, you know, which doesn't go well for golf because golf is clearly a mental yeah. sport. And next thing I know, you know, I'm one minute I'm standing there and I just start crying for no reason, which doesn't go well with your, your, your playing buddies because they, they think you're just, you know, batshit crazy. And I was yeah. like, well, maybe I am. And I had no frame of reference, so I became a head case. Uh, I went from being a, a great golfer who had his all life all planned out, which I'm sure many of your listeners have had that same experience. My life's all planned out. You know, by the time I was 30, I was going to be a Masters champion, and I was going to go around and be the, you know, on tour my whole life, and wasn't going to get married till I was 30. <laughs> nope, right turn, Clyde. And by the time I was 19, just turned, um, it was over. And in that process, two things occurred. I went to seek help in, in standard psychology. And they wanted to do a Freudian model, you know, what, you know, talk about your mom and your dad. And of course I was like, I really don't really want to talk about my mom and dad. I want to talk about why I'm standing over the damn T-ball and I, I either start crying or my mind wanders off. I think these negative thoughts, where the hell are these things coming from? They've never had these things before. And I want them to stop. I want to fix my life because my life's broken, quote unquote, mm. only to realize through that process where I ended up ultimately meeting my mentor and who really kind of became my surrogate father for about 15 years until he took the great journey. Um, and he introduced me to subconscious modalities. He introduced me to hypnotherapy, introduced me to uh, embedded code sequencing, belief structure reframing, and really took me down a rabbit hole that changed my life. And from that traumatic event, it, it really put me back on the path and not, you know, not on the path, but back on it because I was originally on it. And then I took on my father's dream, right? And I found out that at 19, um, I was playing golf for my dad. And it was a way for my dad and I to relate and it was a way for my, you know, get my dad's approval to say, shape, G, get an attaboy. Gee, dad, I did it. And the truth is I like golf, but I don't love it. I never have loved it. And um, what I loved was trying to get my dad's approval. And I realized that I was going to spend the rest of my life doing something that I liked, but I didn't really love. I enjoy it still to this day. I enjoy it. I did, you know, I did 10 years on the PGA tour as a, as a coach. I enjoyed my time as a coach. I still coach to this day. Um, but it's because I want to, I choose it, not because I was trying to please my father. And from there, that's what set me on the career of architect. And so my entire path was, and still is to this day, was what if we could create a way and a system step-by-step step, so that we can understand what our conscious mind is doing, how it actually works, what the rules are of the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, and to get down to the heart of the matter and do it in a way that makes sense. And so for me, like the educational system has become a massive platform of how come we don't teach people, kids, teenagers and adults for that matter, how do you run the spacesuit? How do you run the body? How does this mind work? How does the subconscious work? How do I get these belief structures? Where do these voices in my head that say, I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't get it done. You know, I'm not like the cool kids. I'm the, I'm the, this, I'm that, all this judgmental crap that comes from inside. And how do we get that out, uh, uh, that adjusted? How do I really get it so that I'm in alignment with myself and stop fighting myself? You know, I spent the first you know, early part of my twenties, even though I was in you know, school and going through my training, in my university, I was still fighting Travis because my image of myself and who I had become weren't in alignment. So what I saw on the outside of myself versus what my head kept telling me I was supposed to be, I fought myself and I became an asshole for about five and a half years. I was just an asshole to myself and probably to the people around me, my crew. And, and I owned a tour company at the time and show production and theater. And we were doing all the things that we did, but I still really wasn't happy with me. And through that process, uh, you know, a couple of doctorates later, I realized two things. Um, in the process of self-transformation, we leave out that which is most viable and most valuable. 
the essence, the heart, the heart itself. We always talk about mindset. Got to have the right mindset. Gotta, well, guys and gals, let me solve this problem for you. Let me make it really simple. If I lop off your head, problem solved. Yeah. But you still exist. How is that possible? So then you must come to the realization that there's something bigger going on than your brain. And we call that the architect or your heart. And once you get to the heart of the matter and you learn how to architect back upwards so that you truly understand what the law of attraction really means, you understand what a belief structure is, what a higher value value is, how to emotionally drive it so that the brain becomes a transmitter tool for you as opposed to the prison warden that it tends to be most often for people and keeping us locked in the, in the mindset ideology. And 30 years later, here we are. Thousands of people go through the architect system and then ultimately the ACE initiative so that they can architect their life and ultimately architect their lifestyle without missing their life being completely sleep and self-hypnotized. That's kind of a backstory. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot to unpack there. It's um, you know <laughs> yeah. I I, you uh, I think you just called me old. <laughs> I, I, I love that. No, I um what I find interesting too is is the letter. So I just want to go back to your you growing up and playing golf because yeah, there's a lot that you would have had to learn about yourself mm. through that process, right? Through when you play sports and you're at that that level of commitment, you there's a certain amount of channeling of your mindset that go into that right yeah because you i mean you made the transfer over to doing more of the architect stuff but what are some of the fundamentals that you feel that you learn from playing golf even though it's funny because so many people so many kids play sports it's almost like you're you're living your parents dream for them and i was the same for playing hockey i loved hockey but i know that um my brother he didn't want to play and he played for my dad. And later on now, I still love the game, but I don't love it as much as some people. Right. And I think a lot of it is as a kid, you sort of, you're, you're, you're doing things for your parents and a lot of parents put their kids through things to live what they didn't have. Yeah. So I find that so interesting because that comes up a lot. But from golf, before, before you made the transition, what are some of the things that, that you found to be, to help you later on? with with your mindset with channeling your, your your passion that you thought at one time was golf and then you realize it wasn't what are some things that you found to be useful later on in your new journey a uh, great question yeah i still play golf to this day i, I carry about a two handicap you know when i play um but i took all those lessons and one it be, actually became one of my my doctoral dissertation which is uh what actually made me famous in the golf world for a while um, when i was on the tour which was uh are you afraid of the bogeyman? And it was a psychological study on the effects of cognitive psychology, clinical hypnotherapy, and neurolinguistic programming on the effects of the mental game of golf. And part of that process that I learned was one throughout the years when I was playing golf was I learned an extraordinary amount of discipline and I learned how to be okay with not being a part of the cool kids crowd. Because when I started golf, golf was still kind of considered dorky, right? You know, I mean, we, we wore checkered pants and we had the, you know, the, the cleats that made the sound that, like not the, the things we have nowadays. So you're still considered dorky. And for me, looking at it when I was, uh, you know, playing then, I loved it because I love the crowd. I will, I, that's ultimately what became the impetus of how I got into, you know. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, speaking and stage. And I mean, I've been about on, I've been on stage now just shy about 14,000 hours throughout my career. And I love people. And golf was a way for me to communicate with people. The downside is golf tends to be a very lonely practice sport. So you learn to, for me, I learned to appreciate the times when I get to play with people. I love playing in tournaments to this day because I still get to, you know, have that stage, if you will. And I also learned that I, I use golf now as a bridge. So I can play, you know, nine holes with someone and about, about the fourth hole, I can kind of figure out what's going on with them emotionally, psychologically, mentally. I find out where they're, you know, there, there are points in their, their structure that is a little soft or maybe there's a conflict of interest internally. So it tells me a lot. So from that perspective, it's become the blueprint for my blueprint of my life. Um, but golf is also a universal game. I don't have to speak anybody's language because we all play the same game. I play golf all around the world. I played from Bhutan to Ireland, to, you know, to, to, um, to Dubai and everybody in, everywhere in between. Now, obviously, I played every golf course, but I played a ton of them. And I found that golf is a universal language. And I found when you get to universal languaging, people start to co-create a whole different way. It's not about us or them anymore. It's just about us, which is what it should be, in my opinion, anyways. And so discipline was one. Two, learning had that there is no such thing as the cool kids and not cool kids. Um, even though I was you know, popular in school and you know, I had a lot of... Uh, 
different groups I was a part of and was very well known in school, but I also played golf, which wasn't considered cool. So uh, my goal is, you know, golf can be cool. Now it's considered cool. Now it, everybody wants to play golf. I don't care what hockey players. I play with I play <laughs> many NHL players. I play yeah. with baseball players. It's like a basketball. staple. Everybody, yeah, everybody wants to play golf now. I've, I've mastered this sport, but I got to go play golf. I'm like, well, even Michael Jordan likes to play golf. You know, yeah. it's great. So it's now become this kind of cool thing. Obviously, a lot of that is attributed to, you know, Tiger Woods, who's really taken it to a global status after Greg Norman did it in the early 90s. Um, but other thing I learned, too, um, I think the biggest thing that I learned is the difference between what my mind was saying and what my heart was saying. There was a lot of times when my brain would say, Hey, we can't do this shot. Yeah. And yet I would feel my, now hockey's no different. You know, what you guys do with the puck is unreal. I mean, some of it actually defies the laws of physics. If you get a look what you guys do, with puck, it's puck control and it comes from a feel. Well, feel comes from what the Japanese call the state of no mindedness or a state of automation. And in clinical terms, that means you are out of your head and you're letting it flow in real time, which is how life really should and could be. It's not so much that things get in our way. We tend to get in our own way. We, we interrupt our own process, you know? And so golf taught me how to get out of my own way. And when I really, really understood and, and I did my, my dissertation was actually based on the golf process. And so I had I did a whole month, of, you know, testing my results versus a control group, yada, yada, yada. But one of the things that I came away with was that the game of golf as an example, is really about 42 to 45 minutes long. But the round itself might take four, four and a half hours, depending on speed load. Some people at six on a, on a weekend. But if you really look at the game itself, it's only about 45 minutes long, which means you have a lot of time to wander off and create stupid stuff. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do in our life too. We do it in our personal life. We do it in our business life. And we create using, if I might you know, shamelessly plug your show, we create our own adversity because we're freaking bored. We wander off and create shit because that's how this conscious mind is built. It's built to be distractionary until it's literally harnessed. And golf for me taught me how to turn it on and off where I learned, and I actually learned the clinical side of it after the fact, but I learned it naturally and intuitively, no different than hockey. There's the days where you're in the zone. You, you can do no wrong. There's days where no matter what you do, it's a train wreck. And if you yeah. look at those two days, no different than golf or any other sports or life, it's 99.99% of the time. You're getting involved in some sort of process, thinking your way through it or thinking you can make it better or how it should look in your brain versus allowing the situation to unfold and reacting, responding more appropriately in real time. And so yeah. golf taught me that and specifically taught me too. it taught me too how to wander off. It taught because a lot of times, you know, people play golf in reverse and I think they play life in the exact same way. They get over to the, they get up in front of the ball, get ready to hit the shot and they go blank. And yeah. yet from the moment they hit the shot till they walk to the next shot, they're bitching, analyzing, complaining, commiserating, talking to the other guy, going, making some excuse of why the shot was shit. You know, there was a squirrel that hit the tree and that's why the ball bounced for him. All this other stuff. And then they go over the next shot and go blank again. Yeah. We do the same thing in life, right? We, I want to get this goal and I, that's my goal. And then I wander off and do all this other stupid shit that has nothing to do with this goal. Nothing. Because... I'm bored, quote unquote, even though you're not really bored, you're creating a distraction. And, and ultimately, the one thing I learned about golf and ultimately for life now, all the way up here now, you know, years later as a, you know, as a CEO and you know, leaders of the community and yada, 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 and all those, those title things, is that it's not really the fear of failure that screws us up. It's the fear of success. It's the fear of us actually being able to architect our own life and take responsibility for creating exactly what we want and be unabashedly, unashamed, be who we are and understand that. And I'm, that's what golf taught me was take the shot because at the end of the day, it's just a shot. Who cares? Well, you didn't win the tournament and there's always another one. So what, you know? And yeah. so when you look at it from that perspective, uh, I, I analogize life as, you know, 18 holes. And so, for example, now turning, just turning 49 about a week ago for the you know, taping of the show, um, I consider that my front nine. You know, I'm getting ready to make the turn now and now I'm going to play my back nine. My back nine you know, my front nine was my warm up. I learned my shots. I got comfortable. Okay, made a couple of bogeys, made a couple of birdies. Kind of made the made the turn at about even. Now I'm ready to play. I'm ready to play the back nine, and I invite people to do the same thing because guess what? If you look at it from this perspective, 18 holes is like life. You're gonna play 18 holes, and that's it. Now when that when that ends, nobody knows. So if you approach your life with none of us are getting out of this life alive, and it means we're all gonna leave the planet the same, broken, dead. It really boils down to how do you really want to play your life? And are you willing to play your life unabashedly, unashamedly yourself? Because the only person you're screwing in that process is yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
I, I find that fascinating as well about how that, that focus that you have from hole to hole and how we can get so fixed on the circumstances of that hole, but it has nothing to do with the actual, the next move. If you can let go of that, you know, because you can hit a ball perfectly and then the next one, you, you shank it and then you get in your head and you're like, fuck, why is this? I what happened? <laughs> and then, and, but what I find fascinating is the people that can get back to that laser focused, like that's gone. Right. That thing that allowed that, that, that got me off my game, whether it be sport, any sport, hockey, they can let it go and they can focus on the next, next shift or the next shot. But so many people and in life, they'll hold on to that and allow that to affect the next decision and the next decision. So what, how, how can, I just find it's so fascinating how humans, how we do that. What do you think it is? How, how do people, because this comes up in life too, you know, you get affected, somebody says something to piss you off and then your whole day spirals out of control. What is it that makes these very good athletes or very mentally sound people allow them to kind of regroup to the next thing? Like what are, what's the difference between somebody like that and somebody that gets, falls off track? You know, what, is, what are the things that these people do? Um, my experience, you know, coaching with, uh, with top athletes and, you know, I, I wrote about that in my second book, right? It was all about that concept of what, what makes that work. And the ideology is that everybody has it. It's not yeah. that they do anything different. The, the, the difference is that they practice it. And the practice for me has always been, it's not that they let it go, right? Yeah. It's, they, it's they let it flow through them. Right. right. So it's okay to be pissed off. I hit a bad shot and feel that emotion. It becomes challenging when you hold on to it, like you said, and you hold on to the next shot. And then you stand over that shot. And now you're pissed off about the shot you hit a moment ago. Now you're going to show that ball or that puck or that football or that soccer, whatever the hell you're doing. You know, I'm going to show you how I didn't screw up the last one and prove it. Well, then you screw up the next one. And then it becomes this compounding effect. And you do the same thing in life. You create this compounding effect of I'll show you. But the truth is the only person you're showing is yourself. Mm. And I, the second factor that I found is even more dynamic is if a person's truly in alignment with themselves and they're, they're coming from a passionate state, they really love what they do. For example, I love architecting. I love yeah. being the CEO of our community. I love working with my partners. I get up every day. I do 16 hours a day. I work harder now than I did when I was 26 going to university and you know, raising a family, but because I'm in my passion and people go, how do you keep, how do you work so hard? Where do you start? I said, it's not work. Yeah. Yeah. There are days I get irritated. Yeah. Are the days, you know, I want to, you know, smash my glasses on the table and go, this is just a, you know, what the hell am I doing? I should just go, you know, sit in my retirement home, go play golf and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you ask yourself, are you really willing to let that overtake you because it's easy or because you want to stay in your passion? And the people who are top athletes are always in their passion. They return to that state immediately. Doesn't mean they're not pissed off between, you let that, but they let that emotion flow through them. They right. feel it, they express it, they're out. As soon as they get over the ball, it's like, okay, how can I make this shot badass? Because in my passion, I'm going to turn it around the corner, it's going to go over the bunker, it's going to bounce two shots, stop, thing. I'm going to be three feet from the hole, the crowd's going to go batshit wild, because that's how they think. Now, it doesn't mean between the shots they don't have the issue, they do. But I think people play, like I said, they play life and golf in reverse. They get over the shot and they blank out and they just let shit happen, right? And they throw caution to the wind. They don't have any involvement in it. They don't take responsibility for it. And I don't mean responsibility like being an adult, being responsible like, this is what I want to happen. But you're right. I've had a, I've had a billion shots that I knew I hit square nutted right on the screws and it hit a sprinkler head or, you know, it hit the divot the wrong way. There's variables that happen. So all you can do is stay in the passion of it, of how do I create the shot the way I want it to be the next shot and yeah. let that other stuff flow through me. I feel it but I don't stick around and hang on with it forever. And I think we have a tendency to do that because it's commonplace. And that's part of how this brain works. Our brain, the conscious mind, is just generally negative, pessimistic by nature. It's built that way. It's a defender. Yeah. However, more often than not, it turns around and it faces us and starts to become the, our accuser and says, well, you suck and you hit that shot terrible. And what will the people think? And you know, your dad's going to be looking over your shoulder and there you go again. See, this round was great until you did that. And, you know, and then you tripped on your hot dog and you know, whatever and all this other crap and you fell over and all this other stuff. And next thing you know, you're like, well, that day was crap. Yeah. You're, and if you really boil that <laughs> one down, well, your other option is you could be dead. So was the day really that crappy or are you just being an asshole? Yeah. Well, if you're being an asshole, then you have to own there's a part of you in there that likes kicking your own butt because pain 
in a certain context becomes pleasurable. It's okay because it's comfortable. I'm used to it. I can define it. I've had that experience a hundred times before, Lance. I know what it feels like. You and I can talk about the water cooler and we can have our Christmas talking and oh, this happened this year. As opposed to going, yeah, that happened. And now, and I redirect myself back to my passion. My passion is I love architecting. I love watching people wake themselves up. I love them watching architecting their lifestyle. I want them to get their own freedom because the truth is for me and how I operate and our companies and our teams, we all know and ultimately subscribe to the philosophy that you're not getting off this planet alive. No matter what you do, how much you bullshit yourself, how much money you think you got, how much success you have, you're getting out broken dead. So how you truly live is going to be down to the theme park of life. Are you willing to let yourself take the ride you want to take, even if you feel completely out of control, which by the way, is sometimes a fun feeling, even if you feel downtrodden, even if you feel completely blissful, but own that experience because the alternative is one day, you're going to be at the 19th hole, which means you're gone. So yeah. enjoy it because it goes by fast. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I, I, I just found it so interesting and, and learning more about this and how we're, we're only going against ourselves. You know, there's no competition. Of course, you want to have that competition of like other people. But at the end of the day, you're just being better than you were yesterday. You're trying to understand that you're, you're going to make mistakes, but you have to be able to understand that you're going to move on from that and things will kind of restart, refresh. And, you, and, and that's the thing is so many people hold on to these, these things and allow that to define them because if you made a mistake, then you're, you're a person that makes mistakes or you did a, something in the past, you're that person, right? And a lot of people don't have the, 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 the mechanisms to be able to separate themselves from that, right? And I mean, you see, must see it a lot, especially the entrepreneurial community, right? I failed at this. I sucked at that in the past. And then they come into this and they think, well, why would I be successful in this if I failed at all that stuff? How, right. how has architecting, and I would love if you could talk about ACE and, you know, architecting, create, architects creating entrepreneurs, how does that all tie together with the mindset and belief of entrepreneurs? Because if you need belief and you need to have, be able to let go of those things, it's definitely an entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. yeah um, you know, architects, it's going on its 30th year starting here in 2020, of its yeah. journey. And when Brian and Brandon and I got together and said, what if we change the entrepreneurial journey? Because we, you know, I've watched it for a while and, you know, I, I'm a little old school, so I didn't grow up with the internet, although I've been a part yeah. of it for a long time. Whereas we don't teach entrepreneurial skills. We think, hey, if I'm an affiliate marketer or I've made a couple bucks online, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, not necessarily. The word entrepreneur in and of itself is one who falls in love with the journey of growing, building, scaling, and exiting companies or ventures. Yeah. So again, we're back to the following the passion. And following that passion is I want, I'm willing to bet on myself. I'm willing to bet on my community. And so when we formed ACE, Architects Creating Entrepreneurs, it was a stutter step. It says, look, what if we start with architect of being and you jump into your life and let's really unwind this mind of ours from what we thought we were supposed to be from, you know, mother, father, religion, and state. It's all been pre-programmed in there. That wasn't part of our original belief structures anyways. And we've kind of been operating on this kind of self-hypnosis autopilot until we have kind of some cathartic moment or some pain point where we wake up and we go through that process to understand how does our spacesuit work? Once I understand that I'm in my passion now and I want to go pursue being in passion, it doesn't mean my passion is doing something. It means being in passion and allowing that passion to flow through everything that I do, which is a different ideology than most social media people push out there. Then you can move into architecting a lifestyle. ACE was founded on the, on the philosophy of a completely different model, which is part of you know, the third book, which is now becoming an audio book called Architect That. And it was, you know, most corporate models are built the CEO down, right? Where CEO's at the top, and then you've got all your corporate officers, your board, and everything down the bottom. There's the people. Mm. Brian and I said, that's just stupid. Let's go the other way. What if we architect up? We put the three of us at the bottom. Our job is to make each layer wider and stronger than the one below it so that you have our, you know, our assistants, our department heads, our leadership group, our coaching, and it gets wider and wider and gets stronger as it goes. But if you notice that this model, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a top. It doesn't have, it just goes, it's blue sky. And so it can go as wide as you want. And two, it isn't about getting into, you know, uh, uh, any kind of, you know, ideology or an MLM or something where you have to you know, drink the Kool-Aid kind of thing. It's quite the opposite. It's a community that says, Lance, here's the deal. 
I know you want to become an entrepreneur. We're on that same path you are too because we're walking our talk and we're doing the same as well. No one's ahead or below. You're just starting the journey from wherever you are. And what if you had a community of people that was willing to support you regardless of where they are in the world, regardless of what you know, economic you know, success they may or may not have had, what your past is, it doesn't matter. What if we all just came from an us philosophy? We all go together, whatever that means. And meaning that we support each other. There's no competition internally. There's no, you know, us and them, you know, the cool kids, not cool kids. We're just us. We're a group. And then three, give people the freedom to choose based on what their internal passionate state is. Give them a, a series of experiences that can cross-reference each other and continue to teach them to the best of our ability and the best of our leadership's ability the, the ways of where the world is going and what those arcs are, whether it's a social media structure platform, how to tell your story, whether it's an ad structure, whether it's structuring your corporation to the best, what's the best serve you and your family, but give them the freedom, right? Because when you buy someone else's blueprint, you have to follow that blueprint. And there's advantage to that as well, but there's not a lot of freedom. You know, right. when you buy, if you were to buy a franchise of a major corporation, you're going to follow their blueprint. That's the rules. Now you're probably going to get a certain degree of success based on their blueprint, However, does, how much time are you exchanging for your own freedom? Mm. Whereas ACE and, and the ACE initiative is all about your freedom, that you can take your lifestyle anywhere, stay in your passion because you architected it from the beginning and you have the freedom to architect any way you choose, meaning that you're not stuck for the next 30 years doing it this way. You can pivot, you can shift, you can move. You you can say, you know what, I've done this part now, I'm gonna add this to it. I'm gonna, I've learned how to grow revenue, now I'm gonna go on my wealth builder. Now I've done wealth builder, now I'm gonna do an investment on investment, which are the three strategies and philosophies we teach inside of ACE. And now, ergo, bring it to the next level with the Unify events. So the Unify events are about, unlike anything you see out there, you know, and you know, our next one, as you know, is coming up in March 26th and 27th in Las Vegas. You know, Gary Vanderchuk is one of our keynote speakers. And it's going to be two days of how do you take your entrepreneurial journey this way? So unlike coming up and saying you have 10 speakers and each one of them speaks on a specific topic, you're like, well, Lance, am I supposed to go get this guy's lead gen? Am I supposed to go get this corporate structure? Am I supposed to buy his thing over here on, on uh, you know, ad placement? And I supposed to this guy on social media? And you don't know where the hell to go yeah. because you don't know what to buy. And they're all valuable, but does that mean that's what you need? Whereas Ace, which is, you know, the Unify event is, is us, is pushing out saying every speaker that comes on that stage is still a part of ACE in some form or other. Obviously, Gary Vanderchuk's not, I don't want to misrepresent, but I mean, the message yeah. is you know that everything's going in the same direction, so you don't get screwed up. And then if you decide to jump into the entrepreneurial journey, you have your choices. We've laid them out and said, these are the basic packages that you can start your journey. Here's the community that's going to support you, all the way down to Brian, Brandon, and I at the very bottom. And so you're not up there confused of what the hell to do. This is why it was called Unify. Unifying as a culture, unifying as a brand, unifying as a community, and unifying your entrepreneurial journey so that you can fall in love with the process because what's the point of becoming an entrepreneur online or offline if it sucks yeah. right if you're in pain point all the time and if you're based on your past experience then stay at your job because at least you have that definable but an entrepreneur journey you're gonna fall in love with it and you at least have a community that's thousands strong worldwide that says hey man we'll journey with you I mean, I, there, there's new people in this community, I can tell you point blank, that I don't know from a hole in the ground. They have every right to contact me. I answer everyone myself, so does Brian, so does Brandon. So it's a different philosophy of, you know, well, once you finally get to this level, then you can talk to me. Bullshit. I, you know, I'm a trailer park kid. I'm, I, don't give me that crap. I yeah. want people to have their choice to choose their freedom, but if they stay in their passion, whatever that is, right, and it's allowed to change, well, isn't that the journey of a lifetime we all want anyways, for ourselves and for our families? And if you could do it in a way with the community that works, which we've been very successful at doing and continue to be, well, maybe you can actually change the world at a larger impact, which is a part of what Unify is about as well. We start helping other people live their dreams, whether they're involved with Unify or ACE or not, we support them. We're, we're currently you know, sponsoring yeah. a world record attempt that's going on right now as we speak. Um, we're currently involved with a, with a major film that's coming out in January, which you'll all know about, that will help impact the world from a perspective of, wouldn't it be nice as a culture, meaning human beings, if we all started cooperating together and recognize we're on this little marble that's about the size of a grain of sand and a grain of sand in the scope of things, and if we screw this marble up too much more, we really are screwing ourselves. So maybe, just maybe, we could drop the, the egoic crap and just start working together and move from the perspective of us, because there is no such thing as us and them, and destroy that model. And Ace and Architect are front lines of that movement, along with several other companies out there doing the same. Yeah, I love it. And I love that, because... The general message is, I mean, the entrepreneurial journey itself mm. is 
there's so many dimensions to it. <laughs> it's never like, It's crazy. And, but you're right. You have to love the journey. That's what it's about. Right. You can have the end result, but you're, it's always the growth and the fulfillment is always going to be in the ups and the downs. And take that to the furthest freelance. The yeah. end result's the same. Yeah. We're all dead. We're all freaking dead. Grow yeah. up and deal with it. You're yeah. going to die. You have no idea when that is. And I don't mean to sound morbid, but there's a freedom in that ideology of understanding that it doesn't matter. Now, I'm not yeah. saying being frivolous or being stupid or immoral or not taking care of your fellow man or woman. What I'm saying is get out of your own damn head because you can't save it for a rainy day like a savings account or a 401k. That's total bullshit. There's no guarantee. So if you can start to take this for, and this is the thing I would invite your listeners to look at and ask every person that you know comes into ACE or into Architect or even Unify, if you only have 30 days left to live on this planet, would you be doing anything you're doing right now? And if any part of your answer in your life is no, stop. Mm. The only person you're screwing is you. If you're not screwing anybody else. I know you might think you are. You might think you're all that in a bag of chips. You're not. Deep down in places you don't want to talk about at cocktail parties, they're screwing you. <laughs> yeah. So let's own, our, let's own our stuff and let's go, wait a minute. If I only 30 days left to live, would I be doing anything I'm doing? If my answer is no, then stop. Then the question becomes, well, what would I be doing? And that's the moment. That's the moment where you get to stop BSing yourself and wake yourself up from your own self-hypnosis of bullshitting yourself that what you're doing is somehow in alignment with your truth. Right. Now, who you think you are and who you are generally are not the same, which is why we create this internal war and we get in our own way and we justify and pain is comfortable and excuses are normal because we know deep down inside in places we're scared to go, you know what, Lance, I got to be honest with you. I think golf is great, but I don't love it. I don't want to play, you know, but I'm scared my dad's going to think I'm an asshole because he's put all this money in me and I put all this time in it. And what happens if the world says Travis doesn't want to be a golfer? Oh my God, he's lost his shit. Yeah, I've lost my shit. So what? Guess what? I'm in alignment with myself because when I take the great journey and I take it to the next dimension, whatever you want to call that, God, great architect, great spirit, none of my business, you call it what you want. I have to take that journey alone yeah. and I have to take it with no regrets because you don't get the dude over, at least not in this space suit, right? It's yeah. a one and done. And so if you can shift your mindset from the perspective of, well, I've got to get there. There already exists, yeah. meaning you're gonna die. The question is, what are you going to do on the theme park of life? Are you willing to take all the rides that scare the crap out of you, the ones you've done before because you like them again? Are you at least willing to eat some cotton candy once in a while? You're gonna play a couple of games and know that you know those games you may not win, but you're just gonna play them because you want the experience viscerally. You want it in your DNA. You want to be able to look and go, damn, that was a hell of a ride. That was a journey of a lifetime. I left it all on the table. And here, by the way, here's my spacesuit, commonly called my body. Here you can have it back because I used that bitch all the way out. There ain't nothing left. It's yours. Good luck. Throw it in the recycling bin. I'm out of here. I'm off to the next planet. And come from that place of freedom. And wouldn't it be nice to do it with a community of people that feel the exact same way and each one of them in some form or another is a beautiful teacher and student simultaneously for your own journey and that is what ace and architect is all about i love it so if somebody is getting inspired by this but they're a little bit they don't know i'm sure you get asked a million times how do i find my passion but is there some sort of actionable step that maybe that they can write down or some sort of what, how does somebody take the next step that's kind of been, this is the first they've heard about it or they've gotten excited about this, but don't really know where to start. Do you have any recommendations yeah. that somebody could do that's listening? Yeah, there's several actually. And, um, you know, at the risk of sounding like a shameless plug, no. <laughs> thanks Lance, for the softball. Uh, the first thing is ask yourself that question. If I only had 30 days left to live, what, what would I do anything I'm doing right now? And yeah. listen, listen to here. Don't listen to anybody else because you already know the truth. And to the, to the shave off question, you know, how do I find my passion? That's the fundamental hypnosis right there. That is the fundamental social media, self-motivational mindset shit that I am so sick of where people are going, you got to find your mindset, bro. Your mindset is a program of shit that you are not even aware of. Hence the term subconscious, right? It's sub meaning below your conscious awareness. So stop flattering yourself that you actually have a mindset. Calm down. It's dropping deeper than that under the ideology of, wait a minute. You came into this world passion. No one needs to teach you passion, Lance, or any of your listeners or followers. Family, listen to me. You're already passionate. What happened was somewhere long ago on your journey, somewhere around 8 to 15, you exchanged your passion for logic. You exchanged your dreaming and your imagination for doing. 
because you had to get into a performance model. The performance model says, hey, Lance, if you don't get good grades, mommy and daddy are pissed. Hey, if you're not good at hockey, you're a loser. Hey, if you don't get involved, then you're not one of the cool kids. And so we stopped dreaming. But remember, you were a little kid somewhere around five to eight. You didn't give a shit about any of that crap. You went out and played. You were all out. You felt every emotion. You laughed. You cried. You got upset. You got in fights. But you were living it all. You don't need to be taught your passion. You need to remember you already are passion. That's the number one fallacy right there. Two, when you answer that question to yourself, if I had 30 days left to live and the passion comes up, have the courage to look at it. Because I'm a firm believer, it has nothing to do with um, whether you're passionate. Everybody's passionate. Otherwise, there would be no sex in the world and the world would be over. You know, because lust eventually fades and we got to move into a passionate state. So there's passion. It's already there. The question is, do you have the courage enough to live passionately or do you want to live passively? That's your choice. But then the next question that's going to become more importantly is, do you understand the difference between a choice and a decision? And they're very, very different response mechanisms. People go, oh, I make decisions all the time. I'm like, do you? What if I could show you that your decisions, you're not the one actually making them. You have not a damn thing to do with them. I can prove it to you, show how your mind actually works, and wake you up to the concept of you are still running on autopilot from programming long ago that probably had nothing to do with you or your awareness. So what if we could show you a way to do that? Would you be willing to take the jump? And then, of course, the next step is take the passion test. It's a free test. You can go to travisfox.net, take it, or you can go to travisfox.net forward slash the jump program. Take the passion test. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. And it's going to give you some kind of points of where your passion points to so you can remember who you are, not who you think you are, who you think you're supposed to become, and wake yourself up to the, 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 the concept of, hey, I'm, I'm not getting out alive, so it's time I start living my ass off because if I don't, it's going to go by fast. It's go by, it goes by quick. I mean, hell, we're already at Christmas again, right? Here it is again. I know. It, it, it happens like, shit, I just bought stuff last year, and I, I'm already, Christmas started in September. Holy shit. I know, right? I know. Right? And then from there, you can go to, and then from there, if you've already you know, recalled your passion through the architectural process or some other process, and you want to go to the entrepreneurial side, go to ceosoul.net. And that's CEO, like CEO, and soul, S-O-U-L, meaning your soul, .net, and take a look at that. And that will lead you in to, uh, to ACE. And you'll talk to one of our coaches who's just like you, right? These are all people that have gone through the process. doesn't matter their walk of life, their educational level. They've done what you've done or seeking to do. And they're going to coach you through it. And they're going to coach you through it based on what you tell us. Not based on what I tell you or what our coaches tell you, because we have an onboarding process that allows it. We ask you questions. I know I designed the questions that will help us figure out what your passion is, what you really got, what your family goals are, what your goals are, and then look at all that and then present some options for you. And then ultimately we're back to the same thing. Your choice. Are you yeah. willing to choose and have the courage to follow your heart? Or are you going to continue to live passively and follow your head? Neither one is right or wrong. Neither one's good or bad. You just get to own that. And that, that's where you get to find out where the rubber meets the road. And those are the next couple steps you can take. Yeah, we'll have all of those in the show notes. Every, all those links, we'll make sure to link them up for, you, for everybody to find. Um, so what you brought up there was really interesting, Travis, was the, because a lot of times in the personal development world, people are looking for these, these things to fix some things or give them stuff they don't already have. But what we have, we have all we need all that's doing is allowing you to realize what you already have to come alive. Nobody's giving you anything. You're just allowing the tools that you can access right. that what you already have. As what you're saying, we already have all of that. We have the passion. But somewhere along the line, we, did got, we, we lost that and we got clouded, right? And, and it's like being able to rediscover that that we already have instead of looking for somebody to fix something. You know, and do you find that a lot that people are just trying to look for all these external oh. things, but really, like you're saying, you got it already. You just need to, you got to be aware and almost like wake it up. Yeah. It, for me, it's mildly frustrating because my passion is, I love being in the room when either one person or 5,000, doesn't matter to me, I've done both, when they finally wake themselves up. Because the truth is you're the one that puts yourself to sleep Yeah, and you're the one that can wake yourself up. And to your point, and like we say all the time, you know, an architect and an ace, we don't have any answers for you, but we have really damn good questions and a step-by-step -step system for you can do this sequentially, understanding what your mind is doing, both at the conscious and at the subconscious level, what your heart's doing down here, how to understand the difference in the system and understand it clinically, applicationally, and experientially. You are the architect of your life, period. Mm -hmm. Until you start owning that, 
yeah, you're going to be subject to the whims of a mad mind, your own, right? And so when you start saying, hey, I need someone else to give me an ism. Isms are one of my, one of my pet peeves on social media. You know, I, just give me my motivation of the day, Lance. Give me that thing to go out there and, and fight the dragons. I'm like, the dragons are in your head, dude. Yeah. It has nothing to do with out there. There is no out there, bro. Wake the fuck up. It's yeah. inside, all right? Stop bullshitting yourself because that's the first thing. And then the second one is, are the isms good? Sure. There's times where it's a nice little motivational bump, but at the end of the day, it's still about that bogeyman in your head. It's still about that thought process in your mind. We call them guardians. And those guardians are there because of things that you still are not looking at internally. It doesn't mean you need to go to some deep, dark, cathartic place, but I always tell people, at what point do you start embracing the darkness within? Now, I don't mean darkness like good or evil. I mean the places that you don't want to talk about at cocktail parties. And for example, when the lights go out, that's when our demons come, mostly our thoughts. Or B, that's when our real truth shows up and the person we've been projecting out on the world of who, we're, who we think we are stops and all of a sudden this real person shows up. Well, how can we do that in the dark? How can we just don't own it? Well, that's because we don't have the courage to face ourselves because somewhere down the road, we have this thing in our head called the judger that loves to kick our own butt and we've become exceptionally good at doing that over a period of our time of our life. And what if you can unwind that? So if you come from the space of, Stop looking for other people to give you the answers. In fact, I tell people all the time, if you're looking for other people to give you your answers, more often than not, you're going to be extraordinarily disappointed with what you get. In fact, probably more jaded than when you started looking for the damn answer because we don't have answers. Anybody who tells you that is full of shit. I'll be the first to tell you, they don't have bullshit. I'm not saying you get good, good guidance, like yeah. great legal counsel or get CPA for your taxes or you know maybe business structure or things like that. But when it comes to personal development, bullshit. The only person that has the true answer is you. You are the architect of your journey. Now, to your credit, maybe you haven't given the blueprint or a system to deal with that architectural structure you live in called your body and that mind of yours that's a big radio transmitter. That's fair. I'm a huge critic of our educational system from that perspective. And not to our teachers, who I think are you know, completely underpaid. I think it's because the system has become about how, much, how, uh, how good can I make you take a test so the school gets funding. It has nothing to do with teaching people how to live their lives. Whereas, you know, Ace and Architect in a one-step, two-step combination says, what if we give people the skills to unwind their mind and live their life in a system where they can ask themselves questions structurally and understand, where am I? Oh, where did I veer off? Where did I distract myself? Where did I get lost in some, you know, wow, shiny object over there? And am I really passionate about that? And am I really give a shit about it? And if I only had 30 days left to live, would I be doing it? And those are some real precursory questions, but it goes all the way down to the depths where we get really deep into some heavy duty movements, as deep as you want to go, and really come from that space of time out. If I took ownership of my life, would it look like anything I'm doing right now? And for a lot of people, that is a scary ass question. I get it. I know family. I've done it. I continue to do it. I live my own journey. I mean, a year ago at this time, I was you know, summoning Kilimanjaro for the, my 48th birthday. I've never climbed a mountain before in my life. I remember when I was asked, my mouth opened up and said yes before my brain even had a chance to respond. Like, are you out of your mind? We don't like mountains. We don't like anything below 50 degrees. What the hell are you going to do at 19,000 feet and the, you know, the seventh tallest mountain in the world? But there is something greater going on, and it's the courage to follow even if you don't understand what's actually happening. And that's the difference between a decision and a choice. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that, that choice that I made a year ago has impacted my life and you know, subsequently to my, hopefully, you know, to the architects and to the ACE community and, and anybody else who's heard the story. And there's a thousand, everyone's got that moment, that aha moment where, God, if I listen to my brain, holy crap. But if, you know, I listened to my heart, I didn't really understand what I was doing, but it unfolds. But that's falling in love with the process. So we're back to where we started. Life is your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. There's no right or wrong, man. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The exit strategy for all of us is the same, death. Death comes for us all. The question is, are you gonna exit, leaving it all on the damn table, you know, go for broke, courage out, Follow your heart, passion out because it's your journey or you can live passively. Both are okay, but you get to own them and understand that it has a finite uh, time sequence on it. And when that time's over, that's it. But would, you can start right now. There is no starting over. It's just the next chapter. I'm going to go do this now. People think I'm nuts. And I'm like, great. If I'm nuts, you're insane because you keep doing the same stupid shit and expecting a different experience. At least I'm experiencing my life. Yeah, it has ups and downs. I've had money, lost money, had money, lost money, won awards, didn't win awards, got a degree. Who gives a shit? At one point, you just go, that was a great chapter. Hey, Lance, guess what? I remember when you started this podcast. I'm like, hell yeah, Lance, go do that thing. People are like, oh, man, you got to get 
bullshit. He yeah. did it. Look at the show now. It's exploded. Yeah. Why? Because he, you stayed in your passion and you have the courage to stay there. And it's that yeah. same basic philosophy. Along the way, though, yeah, there's some really quality questions, some really quality structures that done you know, in a, in a manner that you can understand, make the, the difference between the decision and choice. And man, life takes on a whole different movement. No different than, you know, and 2020 is going to be a very, very powerful year from the perspective yeah. of awakening. You know, uh, I, I hear like, for example, we talk about social media. I hear this law of attraction. If I hear law of attraction one more time, I'm going to jump out a fucking building window. I'm so sick of this shit. But, oh, law of attraction. You just think it'll show up. Oh, really? Okay. I just thought of a Lamborghini. Where is it? That doesn't, that's not how it works. And it's been so misunderstood for so long. And law of attraction is not new. It goes all the way back to Plato. I mean, it's been around since the dawn of man. Dawn of man. But what was really cool is what's happening now is we're kindly coming to this collective consciousness where we're willing to go, oh, maybe the law of attraction isn't linear. You know, 500 years ago, we thought the earth was flat too. And that was a fact. Now it's round. Okay. We thought the law of attraction for the last decade and a half was, well, if I think it, it'll show up. Well, not necessarily. There's all these other things underneath that yeah. go on. And that's part of what Architect and Ace has founded on over this 30-year career is, well, you can attract and create anything once you own you're the architect of your world and you stay present in that architecture and the courage to follow that architecture, even when your brain says it doesn't make a lot of sense to you because there's something bigger than yourself running the show. We call that the architect. You can call it heart, soul, chi, spirit. I don't care. You call it what you want. But again, if I lop off your head, problem solved, but you still exist. How does that possible when you come to the awareness that, hey man, you're a spiritual being having a human experience in the theme park of life on the journey of a lifetime. Let's go live our asses off because guess what? The theme park's going to close, commonly called your death. Are you ready? And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> man, I love your energy, Trav. You, oh, you got, it's hard to believe what you're 49. It's hard to believe, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I act 12. <laughs> Fuck, there's some, there's some people in their twenties that got no energy, man. It's uh, it's, it's great to see. I love how passionate you are about this. Whenever, you know, whenever I hear you speak, it's, it's always very uplifting and you have that power to be able to connect with people. So man, thank you so much. If, if people want to come check more of you out, I want to make sure it's super clear for everybody to come find you the unify event let's um where can we where can we find all, all that stuff? yeah if you want to come just to, to architect to being direct you can go to travisfox.net you see the passion test right there if you want yeah. to start you know looking at an entrepreneurial journey as a potential for you start at ceosoul.com and then if you want to go to the unify event and and hear an amazing group of speakers it's not just gary vanderchuk it's two days of people just back names you would know across the board that are phenomenal it's at the venetian theater in las vegas wonderfully done I'm so uh, proud of what our team has continued to do. You can go to unify, uh, unifyusa.com. You can buy the tickets. They're on sale right now. Um, and come experience with Brian and Brandon and I will all be there. All of our leadership will be there. Uh, you can talk to us, real people. I mean, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you. And hell, I trip off yeah. and busted a couple teeth doing it. So, you know, you're really going to see us, talk to us, because this is our passion. If you haven't figured that out by now, then, you know, I've done the best I can to show you <laughs> the time that uh, Lance has allowed me to. But those are the big three ways you're going to start. And, uh, and if worse comes to worse, contact the show, talk to Lance, Lance knows how to get a hold of me. He'll punch, point you in the right direction. I'll get you in touch with someone. Let's go, but let's do yeah. one thing. Let's make a dang choice that your life wants to change in a different direction. Whatever that direction is, let's go. Let's do that first. Absolutely. I'm going to have a link for the Unify event in the show notes, um, to make it super clear for everybody that if they listen to this, they can go and purchase the ticket. Um, Dude, thank you so much, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> so proud to be on your show. So proud of what you built, man. It's really been cool to watch the journey. Thanks, I bro. You're gonna, I know you're going to go big time, and uh, uh, um, I will. I will make sure in my limited, you know, my little you know, scope of the world that, with your permission, when uh, I cannot push this out because I want people to be. I love the name of the show because it really is, thanks, man. That's what university should be to yeah. teach you how to deal with the adversity of your brain. Right? Yeah. Your brain's going to screw you up more than adversity is going to screw you up. And once you figure that out, well, then life becomes interesting, you know. And, I'm so proud of what you've done. I know that sounds really odd. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate it. I remember you encouraging me when I was first, I think it was on LinkedIn, even I was posting and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I still <laughs> and you're like, hey, welcome to the party. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, it's great because um, this is the thing with podcasting too, as I've talked about is it's helped build my confidence so much and it's helped me become a better listener, right. a better speaker there's been so many things that I didn't even expect from this ride that it's been right. able to help me right. and in turn build, build my network, connect with people like yourself. And yeah, it's been able to, it's, and, and at the end of the day, for me, it was the best way that I could make impact 
and get and connect and inspire. And that's truly what I love to do. So and you, and look where it's grown. Like you yeah. said, it's taking you on the adventure of a lifetime. And here's the thing. It's still doing it and yeah. it didn't look anything like you thought it would. It just, yeah. and you have no idea where this is going to take you now. Cause as you continue to grow, yeah. who knows shit you couldn't even think of yet that you wouldn't even dare think of because your brain can't think of it will break you on adventures you, you could never imagine. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And that's why when you started this, I'm like, Lance, hell yes. Get on it, dude. I got yeah. your back. Let's go. And just journey with people. Why is it we're so afraid to be happy for somebody else? I'm thrilled as fuck that you did this. I don't want to do a podcast. I don't have the time, but I love doing the shows, yeah. but I know that's not my passion, but I know it's yours. So why can't you go, Lance, go get it. Matter of fact, hey guys, go check out this thing called University of Check this shit out. Why is that not okay? Because we're so afraid to miss out this FOMO shit. There's nothing you're going to miss out on. Calm down. Relax. Mm -hmm. Be excited for somebody else and be honored to be a part of their journey, even if you're just standing there. Just standing watching because you get to watch it. You know, that's one of the things I learned on the PGA Tour. You know, I got the pleasure of being around Tiger and Phil and, and, and all of them, especially as we were kids, but even more so as on tour. And, and you see the moments and you go, man, I was there. I was there. Yeah. And that's the story. That's the richest of life. That's the richest of dream to go, man, I got to be on Lance's show. I've waited a long time to be on your show too, I might add. And I've been waiting for the right time because I knew I was like, well, shit, I, you know, am I big enough? Do I offer a value to him? That's a decision he has to make. And when he makes it, I'm there because I'm ready. And if you never asked me, I'm still going to be happy for him. I'm not going to be pissed off and go, well, that asshole didn't invite me on his show. No bullshit. It'll happen when we're both ready, but stay in this beautiful state of passion. I love what you're doing with the show. Oh my God. Continue to be a supportive member of it. And you know, and I'll send people your way too, because I love watching you develop the show and going, there's a guy who has the courage to follow his passion. Right, wrong, or different doesn't matter. Passion is the way he's doing it. And I want to be a part of other people's following their passions. And so thank you for letting me be on your show. I really oh man, I, it's an absolute pleasure. And I I um that was the thing is like I wanted to get you on from day one. But at the same time, I want to be able to offer it's it's we, this is the thing. We all get in each other's heads, you know. I was like I don't want to ask somebody that actually doesn't want to go on. I want to wait until like they actually want to go on. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> because I felt like in the beginning, I'm like, fuck, they don't even, I'm not going to ask them because they probably don't even want to go on. It's a pain in the ass. Like, right. but, but now it's nice because like connecting with yourself, it's, it's a win-win. And now with you guys having this awesome event coming up and what you're doing with ACE, I, I just love the chance to be able to, pr to promote and push whatever you guys are doing. And, 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 and that's, that allows me to do that for my space. So. Again. Well, I'll, I'll give you one better and we'll have fun with this. You, you undoubtedly remember, you know, the movie the, and the book, The Secret, right? Yeah. Well, the, the sequel film is being filmed as we speak right now and is in post-production. It actually will debut January 23rd, 2020. And it's the sequel. What have we learned beyond that? Um, get ready for that film, boys and girls. That film's going to change a lot. I know I, I have a small part of involvement in that film. I was honored to be invited to be a part of that film and be in it. Um, nice. And that comes out and it's really going to take it to that next level because you've got all of the greats that were, you know, originally, and then you have this next generation, um, you know, which I'd be honored to include myself in as part of that. We're really asking ourselves, what's next? How do we really wake ourselves up? And this is that time. I and mean, you have shows like this that are willing to do that or the ACE community or architecting or the film and, you know, Unify and all of the other great communities out there that are doing it as well. Imagine what happens when we all come together at a massive scale at the billions. What does that look like? That's the journey of a lifetime. I think if people will start looking at from the courage from that perspective, the university, university leading the way is one of the, the forefronts and the, the warriors to that change. Now the war isn't external. There's no us and them. It's just getting out of our head, getting down here. And that's the only war you've got to fight. And even then, it's not really hard to fight it. Once you just, you know, like you said, learn to let it pass through you, passion's always there. Question is, are you willing to stay passionate? Or are you going to stay passive? Your choice. Yeah, awesome. All right, everybody, I encourage you guys to go and check out Travis. We're going to have everything in the show notes. This Unify event is going to be massive. You got Tom Bilio, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, Sonny Leonarduzzi. Speaking about YouTube, there's a ton of people. I, I encourage you to go at least see who's speaking and all the great people from ACE are going to be speaking as well. So you guys, make sure you check it out. If you're an entrepreneur, it's a no-brainer. Las Vegas, Venetian Hotel, you guys will love it. And yeah, make sure you go check out Travis. He's, he's a hell of a guy. If you guys heard, he's got, he's got so much value. So again, Travis, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, man. Congratulations again. Kick ass in 2020. You know, I'll be watching and uh, I'll see you at Univi. And thanks for pushing out there. I really appreciate it, brother. Sounds good. Travis Fox, everybody. Cheers, all. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Man, Travis is the real deal. Just a powerhouse. And 
This Unify event is going to be insane. You guys got to check it out. All the information is above in the show notes. Make sure you get your ticket. Go there. It'll be life-changing. Gary Vaynerchuk, Tom Bilio, just to name a couple speakers there. Some of the biggest names in the game. It's going to be epic. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're anybody that cares about mindset and growing yourself and your business, taking it to the highest level, you need to be at Unify, okay? Love you guys. I appreciate you. We'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.